This is episode 264 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Health and Hygiene Tips for the Homestead, Part 2, and Your Computer May Not Survive a Collapse, But These Off-Grid Archiving Strategies Will. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, welcome to episode 264. Hey, you know, uh, the last couple of weeks I've been talking about, or at least last week, I've been talking about uh, a coupon code that Survival Hacks uh, gave specifically to Prepper Website readers and listeners uh, for their uh, 1000 lumen tactical flashlight, and uh, after I received it, and because uh, I ordered it myself, I you know I've talked about this that I found that it was the same as my Outlight uh, flashlight that I talked about during Hurricane Harvey. That I really love that flashlight, and it's the same exact one. It comes, uh, it's the flashlight. It comes with a rechargeable battery, and it comes with the charger. And when you use the coupon code, you get it for 9.99. And so they told me that there, it was only going to go, you know, a little bit into March. But after emailing back and forth with them, uh, you know, they went ahead and left the coupon code active uh, all the way through March. And so I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Uh, I linked to it yesterday as well. But uh, the article over on Ed That Matters that gives you the coupon code and that information if you're wanting it. Uh, if you haven't taken advantage of this uh, this flashlight, it's a great little flashlight. Uh, you know, it does go to Amazon. I am an affiliate for Amazon. I get uh, when I when I looked at how much I was actually making on it, it was like forty cents, right? So I'm not doing this to uh, you know to make a lot of money. Definitely, I'm doing this to share this this great resource with you and this uh, you know this great price for this flashlight. And so, uh, if you haven't picked one up, uh, you might want to go ahead and do that. Uh, over at Ed That Matters, it gives you the, like I said, the coupon code. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And that'll be through the month of, of March. And, it, you know, it could be that you order one and you realize that you really like it and you might wind up ordering uh, more. So, like, if you have Prime on Amazon, you can do that. So if you ordered one, you're like, you know what, uh, let me see if Todd's, <laughs> let me see if Todd's pulling my on my leg, right? And so uh, you get it, you charge up the battery, you use it, and you're going to be surprised. And so you might order more uh, after that. So anyway, uh, go check that out over at edthatmatters.com. And uh, you know, don't forget to use that coupon code. Hey, uh, last week we had an episode 262, and it was our it was our Friday podcast. And actually, the article was one of those archived ar- articles. I, I realized I didn't mention that. Uh, on the Friday podcast, but I always pull an article from the archive and uh, the coffee filter, the multi-use coffee filter uh, from Backdoor Survival was that archived, uh, well, you know, was that archived art- article. And so, uh, you know, I asked if anybody else had any kind of uses for coffee filters and I did get two responses. So Illini Warrior, I think I'm saying that correct said, a great everyday use for coffee filters is to catch any crap in your various stored fuels. Put a coffee filter in the bottom of your funnel, especially when filling the tank on your small engine equipment. You'll be surprised at the filtering results. 
Oh, that's a good one, especially if you have gas that you're not 100%, you know, uh, or you feel 100% about. And then Michael said, uh, one use for a coffee filter is to reuse the grease from cooking. For example, bacon and hamburger take coffee filters and a rubber band over a mason jar and slowly pour the heated grease into mason jar. The coffee filter will catch the remnants from cooking, let cool, and reuse for the lard. So uh, that's one use there. Uh, I don't know how long that lard would would uh, would be good for uh, and to be able to use, but definitely I believe you can use. I remember Creek Stewart had an article uh, one time on reusing bacon grease for a candle and uh, being able to use that. So uh, you know you can use lard that way as well, and as well as any cooking oil. I know that we've talked about that in the past, but if you have cooking oil, eventually that does go rancid, and so if you get to a point where you don't want to use it for cooking, you can use it to burn for fuel. You just you have to be really really careful on on those types of things. And I and I think also in that uh, article that we that we read. One of the things after you, you know, you can use a coffee filter for, you know, you put your meat on and stuff like that. Not necessarily to drain the the fat off of, you know, uh, in a mason jar, but to soak up the grease, right? So if you're cooking hamburger meat or any kind of meat that has any grease, you can lay down some coffee filters, put the meat on there, and it'll soak it up. Well, then later on, uh, I know that this uh, this article talked about that you could reuse those for fire starter because I mean they're going to be coffee filters and they're going to have grease on them and you can use those to start fire the same thing with this first uh, recommendation that we had here if you used it for fuel any little contaminants uh, you know would be caught by the coffee filter but as well uh, you know you could use that as a uh, as a fire starter too uh, you know to, to burn off so anyway thanks for leaving those comments guys and uh, sharing that information with the rest of the group not too long ago I did read part one of our first article health and hygiene tips for the homestead I was able to I did hear from uh, the author of it so it was really cool uh, to uh, to be able to hear from him and he left a message on episode 261 he said in part two I do cover soap and stocking up uh, one thing I failed to mention in part two was that I bought a case of several hundred bars of motel-sized soaps. These would be given or bartered out to refugees needing better hygiene. Cheap now, very precious later. I do also cover buying a gross of cheap toothbrushes at Amazon and tooth powder. Thanks for all you do, Todd. God bless. So, uh, James, thanks so much for uh, leaving that comment there. And uh, I do want to read part two of it because... I do think, you know, when we, and James alludes to this, you know, in his article, a lot of the times we, we are so concerned about prepping for the big things. And we're so concerned about prepping for, uh, you know, the, the, the end of the world as we know it, when there's things that we really should be prepping for that it's the, you know, the everyday type things or um, the things that are more probable that would be uh, happening in our lives. And uh, definitely, so uh, hygiene, we can talk about health and hygiene for, you know, the, when the grid goes down, but also just because we need to continue to talk about that, because we need to make sure that we keep ourselves in good health and uh, in, in good hygiene. You know, right now, uh, I still know a lot of people that are dealing with the flu, and it's really weird right now because the people are coming away with the flu and strep throat. And, and I've heard that more than, than one time. I mean, I, I know about probably about three or four people that have the flu and strep throat at the same time. 
And so, uh, you know, we got to keep ourselves healthy, uh, not only when, you know, the end of the world as we know it, but also now. And so uh, a lot of great advice here on part two. And so uh, I'm going to read this one, Health and Hygiene Tips for the Homestead. This is coming to us from survivalblog.com. And uh, again, this is, uh, you know, James uh, is the author of this one. So let's go ahead and start reading. On our homesteads, when dealing with health and hygiene, we try to prepare for gunshot wounds or severe lacerations and cuts. But in so doing, let us not overlook the more mundane killers of mankind while specializing on medical conditions that would prove very difficult to deal with in a grid-down situation without medical professionals. I'm talking through what is necessary, particularly as we face some of the challenges that confront third world countries now. Let's move forward. Yes, Grandma was mostly right in her words about hygiene. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Keeping one's body and home clean and pest-free preserves health. Do you remember the big porcelain pitchers and bowls found in the bedrooms of old farmhouses? A daily sponge bath is much more practical in a grid-down situation than lugging heated buckets of water to pour in a tub for bathing. If warm washing is required, consider the following. A solar shower. Very little can compare to getting a hot shower after a hard, sweaty day at work. It is really refreshing and humanizing too. Solar shower bags or stout canvas GI shower bags filled with warm water are great items to have on hand. Don't forget to stock up on deodorant and fufu juice. It's great not only to be clean, but to smell clean as well. This is really important to the wives. Hey, uh, I know that I've mentioned this before as well, but deodorant... Uh, there are those uh, those crystals, those rocks, and uh, I don't know what they're made out of, but I know that I've uh, written articles before on the past, and I actually I use them. So they're like you know an all natural alternative to uh, deodorant. A lot of the times, deodorant has things like aluminum in it, and really, when you think about it, your body uh, is made. You, know, you your body is supposed to perspire. That's your, your that's your natural body's mechanism. But a lot of these deodorants, they're like deodorants and antiperspirant. So they're stopping the body from doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, uh, I, I hate sweating, especially under my uh, my underarms. But the way that I handle that is I just wear a t-shirt, right? And so, uh, you know, these these rock... And actually, I'm going to find that article. And I know I'm, I'm saying something here and I'm like, I can't even remember what it is. It's uh, the Thai Crystal Deodorant Stones. And uh, I, I actually, I just buy them off of Amazon. Actually, I bought like a, a pack of them and they last forever. And the thing is, is last time I, I was using, I'm like, man, I really need to write down the the date when I start using it because I know that I've been using it for a long, long time. A lot of the deodorants, I mean, you could go through in a month and you're buying a brand new one. And uh, these last forever. So this time around, I took a Sharpie and I put the date when I started using it on the bottom and so uh, when I get to the point where I can't use it anymore, uh, really what happens, uh, it, what, what really what winds up happening is I drop the stupid thing and it busts and it shatters all over the place. And so that's what usually gets to the point where I can't completely use it. And then when it's, uh, you know, you usually have the big pieces and you can use, like if you can find a smooth piece, you can continue using it. But sometimes, uh, you know, it's all jagged and all that kind of stuff. And you can theoretically, you can still use it. I have still used them when they were broken. 
but uh, you know you you've got to just go a little bit slower and and all that kind of stuff. Eventually, you wear those wear wear the the jagged edges down. I'm just not very patient to to do all that, and so I'm always racing in the morning to uh, to get out of the house. And so, uh, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, link to this in the show notes as well. So uh, I know I'm linking like the two articles in the show notes, but these Thai crystal deodorant stones are very they're very very affordable and uh you know it's uh it's a natural way to uh go ahead and take care of uh you know uh your deodorant needs so uh anyway there you go uh and then the fufu juice right that he talks about that it's great not only to be clean but to smell clean as well this is really important to the wise yes it is all right continuing on soap plenty of soap both personal and laundry type is needed I have chosen to store up bar soap rather than make it. Although we have the supplies to prepare it, it is just so much easier and less expensive to obtain it now. In order to maximize the useful life of our personal bar soap, we dip the bars in paraffin or melted crayons after letting them dry out for a week or so. Drying the bars extends the useful life. Notice how the manufacturers package them in waterproof wrapping to stay moist and soft so they melt faster when they are used. Most of the soap is lost from melting rather than actually used in bathing. Trim the wax coating off the bar to expose the smallest side of the soap surface. Use the side to rub on body or washcloth meanwhile, protecting the rest of the bar from melting. This way, each bar will last for months and months of daily use. I personally would recommend antibacterial soap for grid down times as standing rainwater or pond water will have biological contamination in it. You know, I have never in all the in all the years that I've been doing prepper website, I've never read that part of, uh, you know, that idea of dipping your uh, a bar of soap in paraffin, right, or, or some type of wax and then cutting off the wax on on the you know on the short end and then using that to lather up it's very very true that a lot of soap you know does melt and uh, especially uh, if you, you you keep it in your shower or you keep it somewhere where it's always getting wet right uh, one of the things that they do recommend is if you get soap like you know like you're purchasing it from the store or whatever take it out of the package and let it dry for a while and that will extend its life greatly being able to do that but then if you do this on top of it uh you know so i have heard of taking bars of soap out of its package and and letting it you know on a windowsill or something let it cure let it really dry out really well but i've never heard this uh this paraffin you know wax part uh i mean i think that's pretty pretty awesome something maybe that you might want to try and if you are in a grid down situation you want your supplies to last as long as possible right all right so going on to teeth We all know that dry powder items store much longer than their liquid counterparts. As a kid, we had Dr. Lyon's tooth powder in the medicine cabinet. It was an old metal tin then, but it still worked great. Dr. Lyon's has long gone, but Colgate still makes a tooth powder for overseas markets, and it is available on Amazon. Sure, you can always use salt and soda, but it's nice to use a familiar brand that tastes great and has a long shelf life. Also, stock up on toothbrushes. A case of 144 inexpensive ones on Amazon runs $11.56. Get some floss too. Hair care. My wife is my barber. 
We have the scissors, apron, comb, etc. for her to do our family's hair care. It would be advantageous to get a manual, non-electric hair clipper if you desire that type of trim like the World War II Army Barbers had. They are available on eBay. My wife does the cutting with just scissors from the beauty supply house, and she does a wonderful job. You may want to stock up on VO5, bridal cream, or even Vaseline for the gents, since we may not have hot water for daily bathing. The grease oil in the hair emollients helps control insect pests as it helps suffocate them and makes it harder for lice to attach the eggs to hair shafts. The sailors of old used to shave their heads or coat them with coal tar or pine turpentine tar, hence the term tar heads, as it kills the lice. Coal tar and pine tar soaps, shampoos are available for head lice control. Use of olive oil or vegetable oil in 15-minute soakings have also proven effective and much safer to use in children. Use for two days in a row and use a knit comb. Yeah, so... You know, when it comes to the poop hits the, the the fan, you know, I think a lot of people are going to try to go for the, you know, just cutting the hair off as, as, as close as possible, right? Because you don't want those kinds of things. And ladies, you know, probably be, they would keep their hair in, in buns and, uh, you know, with something something over it, right? Uh, just, to, just to protect it and, try, and trying to keep as much as possible to keep it clean. All right, so vitamin C. Speaking of sailors or limeys, as the British sailors were called due to their onboard store of limes to prevent scurvy, I wanted to make sure we had an adequate supply of vitamin C. Sure, we have the vitamin pills stored, but I wanted an unlimited renewable supply of vitamin C. I tried to grow pineapples, oranges, lemons, limes, and even calamandin and moringa with only limited success. I couldn't get a year's supply of vitamin C from five large lemons grown in a container. I finally realized that I was surrounded with a limitless source of natural vitamin C growing wild on my land in the form of pine needle tea. Everyone should purchase an edible plant book covering their specific locale. Sometimes we can't see the trees through the forest. And that's a great, um, a great observation there. You know, we are so far removed from using uh, or foraging and using uh, wild edibles and wild herbs and uh, so, you know, being able to learn some of those and explore, uh, you know, your land, if, you, if you're sitting on some land or you are, you know, close to a park or whatever, that might be uh, something that you might want to do. You know, if you can get a, uh, a book that will talk about, uh, you know, the natural herbs and, and uh, things uh, around your area that uh, you can look for with uh, good, you know, you use, you're going to use your common sense. You're going to use all the rules. You're not going to just, you know, start eating something because you think it's, you know, you know, right out, right from, you know, looking at a picture on the, in a book or whatever, but uh, you can start, you know, looking around, you know, where you live and seeing if there's anything that can help you in, you know, an SHTF situation or, if you don't have anything, maybe you can start growing some things that would really pay off, right? Some uh, some natural herbs, uh, some things that you know you would really want to use uh, th- that would pay off for you and your family if you if you needed it. All right, moving on. Probably one of my favorite topics because the thought of not having this drives me nuts, right? <laughs> so toilet paper. We are blessed to be on an old-fashioned septic system on the ranch, but everyone still needs to clean up after business. I stockpiled cases of large, coreless Scott 
two-ply TP rolls purchased off of Craigslist at over half off and a couple of dispensers for them. Each of these large cordless rolls last about 45 days, so just one case will last about a year and a half for one person. In addition, we have a case of Perry bottles that act as mini bidets. You spritz yourself clean and use minimal paper products to dry. I don't relish using phone books, leaves, or corn cobs if I don't have to. Yeah, man, this is one of those things. I don't think people, I mean, you know, there's people who have thousands and thousands of dollars of gear. Their bug out bags are like, you know, you would just crave to have their bug out bags. But in all of that, you know, a week, two weeks into the poop hits the fan, they would trade all of that for some toilet paper, man, because they've been wiping their butts with leaves and, and who knows what kind of, you know, rashes you, you pick up a, you pick up a leaf that just doesn't, you know, sit well with your, you, you know, you know, I'm just going there, right? But come on, this is stuff that people don't think about. And so, uh, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things that we should stock up on toilet paper. It's cheap now. You talk to the people in Venezuela, remember? That's one of the things that was really going. You had diapers. that it was At the very beginning, it was hard to find diapers. It was hard to find women, uh, feminine hygiene products. Then it was hard to find toilet paper. And then everything started going from there. And so, man, it's just, you know, come on. Uh, it's easy. It's, it's, it's cheap, you know, and it's easy to do down. So uh, you can stock it up in your garage and not worry uh, about, you know, spoiling or anything like that. Not like food. Uh, you just need to worry about rats getting in there and making a nest. But there's ways, uh, you know, around that. All right. So moving on, shaving. Yes, I plan to purchase a safety razor with replaceable blades like dad used for shaving. For now, my primary razor after the disposables run out is the last a lifetime rolls razor that grandpa had. This cool little gizmo hones and strops the blade in its own holder and then slips on the handle for shaving use. The blade is thick but sharpens to an unbelievable edge. These razors are intimidating and are akin to using a small controlled straight edge razor. I could always get a straight razor in long strops or use a K-bar, but those would probably be more dangerous in my hands than the rolls. Check out the YouTube videos on the fascinating rolls razor. At one point, I was using uh, I was using one of the razors with replaceable blades, and it was you know I was doing that, but uh, it you know you got to be careful with that. And and now um, you know going to the store, you can find. Uh, the nicer safety razors, the disposable ones, for super, super cheap. It used to not be that way. And you can find them for super cheap and you can just stock up on those. Uh, and that's kind of what I've done there. Uh, you know, and I go through razors, you know, at a decent little clip, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not expensive if you find the right ones. And so you just look for uh, the best deal out there. All right, hands and feet. Be sure to have plenty of good quality socks, footwear, and gloves to care for your hands and feet. Wool socks are wonderful. Just get plenty of good quality boots, socks, underwear, and gloves. Most of us have lived the soft life and our hands and feet are not toughened up enough like our forefathers or in the third world. Be sure to have nail trimmers for fingers and toes. Do not bite your nails and pull into the quick. You can't afford to have infected ingrown toenails or open sores on your fingers working in the dirt. Personal hygiene is essential for health. And I, and I double that on the nail, 
uh, tremors in the fingers in uh, for the fingers and toes. Uh, you definitely need to have multiples. You know, uh, <laughs> two is one, one is none. Uh, you need to have more more than uh, enough. You know, uh, because sometimes you know. I have multiple ones around the house and they just get lost, you know? It's like I got to hide them. You know, people will take them and they don't put them back. And so can you imagine, you know, when the poop hits the fan situation, you're you're trying to deal with that. And so just, you know, find a good one and, uh, you know, buy a couple of them, all right? Moving on, floor cleaning. The little robot vacuums may be the rage today, but how many of us purchased a non-electric hokey sweeper to clean up the carpets or floors from dirt and debris? While not nearly as efficient as your $400 electric Dyson vacuum, thousands of restaurants are quickly and quietly clean with these little devices daily. Also, for floor care cleaning, please purchase spare mop heads and brooms too. Insect Vector Control For insect vector control, make sure you have screens placed on your windows, as you will have to use them. With modern air conditioning, fewer and fewer families open the windows and air out their homes, especially in the south. Surely no one wants flies in the food or mosquitoes buzzing at them all night long. Likewise, some flea spray, pesticides, bug killer, and rodent bait traps are essential preps to protect food, grain storage, and family. Stocking seven dust and also stocking some fertilizer for gardens is practical to maximize garden yields. Growing up, my parents stressed living a life of learning. Reading a book or attending a seminar was profitable as long as you gained at least one pearl of knowledge from it. Truly, my mom spent her life stringing pearls of wisdom to to adorn her. It is my hope that you found a few gems in this article. Even though health and hygiene is not an action-packed survival topic, consider this. How many of us have ever been shot? How many of us have ever been through nuclear war? Well, not yet. Then think how many of you or your family have had a case of food poisoning with severe vomiting and diarrhea? How about those who have had a chest cold or an infected lesion? Almost all of us have had those experiences. So prepare for the exotic events but not at the expense of that which is most likely to come your way. Be prepared. And then there's a disclaimer. I know you all know this, but in these days of litigation, please realize that all medical information given is for informational purposes only. Nothing in this article constitutes medical advice. For actual use in dosing, please consult the physician's desk reference or online medical sources. Never take any medication that was not prescribed specifically for you by your medical provider. All fish or veterinary medications are not fit for human consumption, even though they may be identical. Do your own research as your mileage may vary. All right. It's sad that we have to put those disclaimers out there, right? Uh, Just for protection. Uh, it sucks that we have to do that, but we do, man. And it's just part of it. I mean, I've I've done that. I've had to do that before. I just felt it. Like I've done I've done something on on medical or whatever, you know, along those lines. And before I push the post button, it's like you know what? I I just I'm gonna go ahead and add that little disclaimer because who knows what might happen, right? And so uh, anyway, it's a shame that we have to do that. Good article over here. A lot of practical tips. A lot of things to be thinking about. Uh, when we talk about you know stocking up, uh, make sure you're stocking up on those basics that you use every single day, right? Think about you, you know the toothbrush that you use and the toothpaste that you use. 
Uh, can you imagine going through, you know, the the end of the world as we know it with one toothbrush from from now until the end of your life? You know, if it lasts that long, uh, you you don't want to be in that situation. So, uh, you know, stock up on some items now when they're cheap. And even if you never experience a poop hits the fan situation. Even if we never go all, you know, global, uh, you know, collapse, whatever, whatever you buy now is just going to save you money in the long run because you're going to wind up using it. And so you're using, uh, you know, today's money to buy something that you're going to use later on. It's going to save you money if you had if you if you don't have to buy it uh, with tomorrow's money. Right. All right. So, uh, again, that's over at survivalblog.com. Go check out this article, Health and Hygiene Tips for the Homestead. All right, our next article comes to us from readynutrition.com. And this article is entitled, Your Computer May Not Survive a Collapse, But These Off-Grid Archiving Strategies Will. I'm going to go ahead and read this article. I'm going to let you form maybe some opinions. And then I'm going to go ahead and come back right after it. All right, so let's go ahead and read. This is not a very long one. I will admit that I am not the most technical savvy individual and I'm certainly not armed with all the modern conveniences that most people take as a necessity. Cell phones, Kindle devices, iPads, iPods, UFOs, whatever for music, don't use them. That being said, I know they have their merits, but it's the same type of lesson I tried to impart to my son when he went into the service. He picked up one of those high-speed wrist compasses, the digital kind, but I constantly reminded him to use that old-fashioned lensatic compass as his mainstay. He listens, although he prefers to use his gizmo. I'm just happy he carries the lensatic with him and knows how to use it. I made sure he knew how to use it. Create a survival library with hard copy notes and archives. In this light, remember that all of our technology can collapse in the blink of an eye. The collapse can be precipitated by any number of things. Grid failure, brownouts, an EMP or electromagnetic pulse strike, a nuclear nuclear war, or just a societal collapse that has a down trickle of losing critical infrastructure and modern power systems. In that light, it is best to take your digital and electronic libraries and ensure they are duplicated into hard copy. Consider investing in a typewriter to pass the valuable information on. Let's give some suggestions and you can take them and or tailor them to suit your needs. Whenever you watch any kind of training video or DVD, you should always take notes and summarize it. Pick up the key points, supplementing them with your own notes and diagrams to help clarify the instruction. A composition type notebook works well for this. I take rough notes on a sheet of paper and then recopy them into the notebook. Summarize books and other works. Turn a 300-page book into 8 to 10 pages of intense notes. Summarize and shoot for brevity and clarity in your notes. This is not to say don't keep books, but rather read them and take good notes that you can glance at or to glean any important information you may need to use. Print out the important how-tos and archive notes. Don't just store it on hard drives or junk drives. Although that is important, you want to make sure your information is printed off. Strive for accuracy, compactness, neatness, and organization in all of your notes. File similar subjects in a binder or common protector. This is especially important when you're dealing with things such as first aid and medicine. Protect the info and keep it well organized. Military med chest. Yes, made out of strong aluminum, these stackable canisters are perfect to place your archives and books inside after wrapping them up in plastic. 
preferably contractor grade bags around 6 mil in thickness. Durable plastic bins. These can work if they're really tough and are watertight. The biggest problems with with notes, archives, and books are water, mildew, bugs, and fire in that order. You want to make sure everything is in plastic and sealed up tight. Duplicate everything. One to six up there. You should have one copy out of your for your general use and another sealed up in a safe place. The last measure mentioned is not just for you and your family. The last measure is to provide information for those not here with us yet or those not old enough to use the information right now. Think beyond yourself and your own lifetime or even the lifetimes of your kids. You want to leave a legacy. Who cares if they know who you are? They will still be those who want to thank you for leaving records and how-tos they can use. Want a good example? Read the book Lucifer's Hammer by Niven and Purnell. Be more than a student or a secretary. Be a custodian of information, a caretaker, taking care for future generations. Hard copy of all information to include books is the way to save the knowledge. Stay in that good fight. JJ out. I didn't really comment on the way through, so I wanted to go ahead and read the art, read the article, and maybe you're you know you're kind of thinking things through here. Some of the things I just I just well here's the basis of it, right? I think sometimes we worry so much about you know the poop hits the fan, the collapse, the you know the hammer the hammer drops, and we feel like we're completely going to be on our own, and all the knowledge of all the history of the world falls on our shoulders and we need to be able to know how to you know garden we need to be able to know how to hunt we need to be able to know how to make a log cabin we need to know how to do this and do that and all these things and you know what that's just not possible think about how people lived back in the day now they had uh they had more knowledge in the you know of, of their world right of you know we just got you talking about foraging and different things like that um i would say you know people would say that knowledge has been growing exponentially uh actually every year knowledge has been growing exponentially so there was a finite amount of knowledge that you would know back then in the day but even then not everyone knew everything People, I mean, you had people that were leather workers. You had people that were, you know, blacksmiths. You had people that were gardeners. You had people that ran stores. And people, you know, there was a division of labor. And so, yeah, it would greatly, greatly suck if we got to the end of the world and we didn't know everything and we didn't have our books and we didn't have our, our tablets and our laptops and those types of things to be able to draw information from. But there's going to be people around that are going to know eventually that are going to know how to do things. Either they are going to have a capacity to do that. They're going to have some experience in doing that or they're going to learn how to do it. And they're going to uh, you know, figure it out just because there's going to be a need just like there is in today's society. If someone sees a need, the whole reason I, I started a prepper website I, I didn't find a website out there that had all the great articles that I was reading all in one place. And so I knew I was okay with using a, an RSS reader, but I knew that there was a lot of people out there that didn't use that, that didn't know how to, to go about using that. So I, I built a prepper website because I saw a need. 
the same thing is going to happen in society, right? It happens now in other in other uh, aspects of society, and it will happen if, for whatever reason, the poop hits the fan. And so that's one thing to remember. So I think a lot of some of this stuff here is like, you know, you're taking notes. Now, the taking notes and the summarizing, I think that is a great strategy to help you remember. So if you are watching something and you're taking notes, just the fact that you're taking notes, that is helping you to remember. Right. But then if you are really if you are taking those notes and you are trying to even, uh, you know, boil them down and summarize them and make them very, very tight. You are doing even more work with that and you're you're really burning that into long-term memory, right? You're really working with that idea. And so that's a great strategy to help you learn. And I think that's that's great. If you want to do that, uh, you, you're making like your own notebook of notes that are important. And I think that's great. But, you know, he, he's talking here about saving information for, you know, years down the road and, and things like that. Some of the paper that is out there, uh, it, it is junk. It doesn't last very long, right? Uh, you know, being in, in the education system and you see kids just, you know, uh, throughout the, just throughout the year, the things don't last very well. And of course, you know, if it's something very valuable, you're going to take care of it. But, you know, it, you know that it's not going to last forever. And, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, you got to make sure uh, there's moisture and there's, you know, there's water and there's fire and there's all these different things that can happen. So a lot of the times people will say, you know, OK, hey, uh, you know, your tablets or your laptops are not going to be any good if there's an EMP. Right. If you don't have it in a Faraday cage, they're not going to be any good. And uh, OK, that's fine. Well, if your house is in a fire, right, or if you have to bug out and you can only take certain amount of things from your house, are you going to take all those all those paperback books or hardback books or all your notebooks filled with all kinds of materials and things like that? And so there's two ways to really look at it. So I really do believe that, you know, using our modern society and having a tablet, having a Kindle they're so cheap nowadays and you you can you know Amazon you can go to Amazon and you can download some really good books there's a bunch of junk out there so you have to be careful but you can go search for free survival books free um, you know preparedness books free homesteading books free foraging books you can find all kinds of books like that that are free and you of course you want to look at the reviews and you want to look at how many stars they have and if they get some they have some really good reviews go ahead and download it and you have that on your device i mean that is you know a great great resource we don't stop preparing because of the emp that might happen or might not happen right uh, i just i just hate that idea that a lot of the times people is like, hey, you only can have hardback books because of this. And so, you know, I take both both approaches. I have electronic copies of books that I can download and I have flash drives, but I also have hard copies of books that I think are very important. And I always talk about Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's, uh, you know, their medical sur- survival book. I have that book. I actually have a couple of copies. I think that book is like the first book any prepper should buy uh, for their survival library. I believe that you should have that one. I have a lot of other books, you know, foraging books. I have a lot of other books that are, you know, paper. 
But so, you know, you just kind of you kind of go from there, um, making multiple copies of handwritten notes and going to the typewriter and stuff. I, I think that's just really non so non techy, non electronic that, uh, you know, you're, you're just going over to one extreme. I always tend to be a little bit more balanced in my approach of how I see things. And, uh, you know, I, I see the benefit of both. Now, as far as creating binders and binders and binders of stuff, you know, uh, you know, some people do that just because they're afraid that the Internet would go down and they would never be able to get those kinds of things. I would say that if that you're in that much of a, you know, you have that much fear of the Internet going down or the grid going down or an EMP, really figure out what things are you think are going to be the most important for you and really start learning those skills. Don't depend on a book. Don't depend on having notes. Don't depend on having it, you know, in a a tablet or a Kindle or something along those lines. If there are things out there that you believe are very, very important to know, then start learning them. And so, you, you, you know, it's something that a fire can't take away. It's something that an EMP can't take away. Whatever is in your head, whatever is in your, you know, in your brain, that is your knowledge. That is yours. And so, you know, that's my advice there. So uh, I, I know and I have, you know, I've even recommended in the past that there are some articles that you want to print off of the Internet because they are, you know, really good. They have a lot of great information. And uh, I'm, I'm not saying not to do that. You know, I think you sh- should still do that if there are some articles that are very interesting to you. I, I think that if there are uh, videos that are very important to you, that you download videos, uh, you can easily download them from YouTube and put them on a flash drive or you can buy a big external hard drive and do it that way and you know put it in your Faraday cage if you want to be extra safe and, and keep it that way. Have a balanced approach. I'm curious what you think, right? If you want to uh, chime in on on what your thoughts are, come over to episode 264 and, and drop me a line in the comment section and let me know what you think about uh, about this topic and, and where you fall in it. So, all right, over, that's over at readynutrition.com. And uh, the title was, Your Computers May Not Survive a Collapse, But These Off-Grid Archiving Strategies Will. All right, guys, that is it for episode 264. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Don't forget that I'm going to have some uh, resources for you in the show notes, so check those out. And so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.